You might be expecting to hear an ad for Spotify right now. Depending on where you're listening, you might be used to hearing that sort of pre-roll before the show. But due to changes in how Spotify is letting people monetize, um, we are no longer able to be getting those ad placements because despite having more than 3 million downloads and over 5,000 weekly listeners coming back to tune in, we are falling short of listens on Spotify specifically by like 100 um in the time frame. So we're not able to monetize. And as a result of that, we are in the process of getting ready to wind down the show by the end of the year because um, it's just not going to be sustainable. And if we can't hit that listener requirement after having, you know, shout outs from the Vlogbrothers and the Apple Store, um, then probably ain't going to happen now. So anyway, uh, if you're still here and you want to listen to this episode, then we'd really obviously appreciate you um, continuing to stay with us through to the end. So here's a question you've probably wondered about in passing, but never really thought about asking. Why is the sky dark at night? Particularly, why is the sky dark at night when we know that it is full of like an unfathomable number of stars? People have been asking this question for a long time, but it wasn't until the 19th century when a astronomer named Heinrich Olbers actually came up with a formal paradox. So of course in the 19th century there weren't that many avenues for explanation, but since then our understanding of outer space has developed at least enough to wrap our minds around this phenomenon. So the basic argument was this. If there is an infinitely unfathomable number of stars, shouldn't the night sky be really bright rather than dark? So of course, scientists had been asking this question far earlier than the 19th century. Olbers was just kind of the first person to turn the question into a formal inquiry. And actually, even literary minds had weighed in on it. And so Edgar Allan Poe had actually produced a piece of writing about this particular question that was very similar to the argument that Olbers ended up forming. So in order to address the paradox, they attempted to sort of theoretically divide up the universe into slices, and then depth-wise, it could be supposed that as you went deeper, the amount of stars per slice would increase homogeneously. Of course, now we know that the universe is like 14 billion years old, and so the truth is we can only see the stars that are up to 14 billion light years away, because anything beyond that hasn't reached us yet. And on top of that, we also know, as earlier astronomers did not, that galaxies are not static. And in fact, many of them are actually constantly moving away from us. So you know what that means. Why the Doppler effect, of course. So what is that, you ask? It's actually easier to explain using sound as an example, but if you're standing on the sidewalk and a bus goes by you, then you kind of hear it at a different frequency as it passes. So you hear it coming up to you, you hear it going by you, and then you actually hear it after it's passed you. So this is also true with like an airplane flying overhead. So because the sound wave frequency changes in relation to the person hearing it, you can also kind of apply that logic to a wave of light. If you speed the light up to galactic velocities, then the Doppler effect causes the light to shift to the very end of the electromagnetic spectrum. And if it moves away fast enough, it becomes infrared, which is invisible to the human eye. What is assumed then in many explanations for old 
Kepler's paradox is that the universe exists in a steady state. It is both infinitely old and uniform, not just in terms of time, but space. And any extragalactic background light that could have hypothetically bled through is independent of the universe's finiteness. Starlight, though, is finite, at least in terms of individual stars, because they die, and thus their light-producing capacity varies in each star's respective contribution to the night sky's field density of light at any given time is going to vary depending on its age. But that being said, stars are constantly being born and dying, and so on the whole, the light density remains, meaning that the age of individual stars and their relative light-producing power doesn't actually explain the paradox. And so there are actually a lot of other explanations for this that people have hypothesized over the last several centuries, but basically it comes down to this. We know now that the universe is finite. It's also kind of unfathomably large, and what we can see of it, the light that reaches us is probably actually dull in comparison to what it looked like 14 billion years ago before it had to travel for 14 billion years to get to us. I mean, I don't look particularly luminous after a one-day road trip, let alone several millennia of hurtling through space-time. 